New week, same crippling injuries. Sean here with another episode of Lockdown Raptors. On today's show, Vivek Jacob joins me to talk about the losses to the Indiana Pacers and the Boston Celtics over the weekend. Are the Raptors just a healthy stretch of time together away from being good once again? Or are there some bigger problems to play here? Scotty Barnes is shooting threes. Fred Van Vliet looks amazing. We'll get into all that and so much more on today's episode of Lockdown Raptors to begin your week. Oh, like because when I shot, I expected to make it. So like I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the bridge of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that cabbage out of here. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1067 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, November the 29th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure to check out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are free and available on all your favorite podcast apps. So follow, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. And of course, you can subscribe to the show on YouTube as well. It's the link in my bio on Twitter. If you want to go find it that way, you can subscribe and be part of our little YouTube familia. All right. Uh, on today's show, which is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks, you can check out prizepicks.com, use the promo code NBA, or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Uh, we are going to talk about the Raptors. Two losses over the weekend Indiana on Friday to close out their interminable road trip, 114 97. And then last night, back home against the Boston Celtics. 109-97, the Celtics pull away late in this one in what was a pretty fun back-and-forth game, although it took uh, 9,000 hours to play because Scott Foster was there. Uh, we're going to dig into that and our takeaways from there, give it the due to the game for both games as well. Joining me to do all that, of course, from Raptors.com, it's Vivek Jacob. What's going on, pal? Not much. Just uh, taking in the weekend, uh, coming to terms with the fact that winter is definitely here. <laughs> it's, it's funny, Nick, Nick, uh, you know, the first practice back, he was like, man, gone for two weeks and we're back in the cold. <laughs> yep, yep, that's how it works. Uh, yeah, I am in that sort of weird phase where I'm eager for more snow to happen because mm. the two ways by which I get my ass off the couch and uh, don't be, like sort of become just sort of a mass that is one with my couch uh, is by uh, biking and by cross-country skiing. And we're currently in that weird phase where it's like too cold and rainy and crappy to bike, but not enough snow to ski. And I have not done anything for like two weeks and I feel like garbage. Uh, so I'm kind of hoping for a little more snow or maybe a spell of 10 degree days. Who's to say? Either way, part of my sitting on the couch entailed watching the Toronto Raptors over the course of the weekend against the Pacers and Celtics. Uh, we don't have to get into like nitty gritty game by game breakdowns or anything like that. We'll kind of pull some bigger takeaways from the weekend at large. Vivek Jacob, where would you like to start here? What were your biggest takeaways? What was your biggest takeaway, non-pluralized, from the weekend? Biggest takeaway is, you know, with no Gary, with no OG, the spacing is just ugly. Um, yep. And and it's just really difficult uh, to operate in the half court. And you can see it and you, you, you can see them talk about it as well, right? And I think that's part of why... Scotty is taking those threes 
uh, which we can get to later. Um, oh, we will. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think you look at the floor and then, you know, for me, there, there's like percentage sort of uh, threat. And then there's gravity threat in terms of shooting the ball. And sure. you can see with teams that they, you know, Pascal's started out shooting the ball uh, this season pretty well, but mm. he still doesn't have sort of that gravity threat, right? In yeah. terms of actually affecting a defense in terms of how they want to operate, you know, they'll pack the paint and they'll take their chances on the kickout uh, to either maybe get to him a little late or wh whatever it is. And, um, and that, that applies to pretty much everyone else on the roster, right? Like outside of Fred, who are you really afraid of in terms of shooting the three ball? Because guess what? You know, Boucher is not even playing anymore and he's not shooting it anywhere close to what he was last season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a conversation we've had, right? Is like when you look at the Raptors roster, in theory, there are a lot of good shooters with high percentages over, you know, X amount of years. But it doesn't quite translate into like a beautiful space for everybody to operate because there are usually like two non-shooters out there paired with those three, you know, kind of dead-eye shooters that you might have. And maybe some of those dead-eye shooters like Chris Boucher are not what they actually are. You know, Spiva Hailuk, I think, has kind of been branded as this great shooter, but he has been pretty rough from downtown this season. If you look at his career, he's only a 36% three-point shooter. It's not like he's J.J. Redick out there. He's like a fine league average-ish shooter who is currently in a bit of a slump. I mean, he's, he's had some moments here and there, but, you know, it, it is a lot of sort of, again, on paper shooting and not so much functional space that's out there, and especially when you're taking OG and Trent. I mean, it's just impossible to operate. And I think, you know, I, I'm not really sure. I, I've kind of, like, uh, zoned myself out of, like, the capital D discourse on Pascal Siakam. I, I just, I can't do it anymore. It's too much. It's never like intelligent. So I'm not sure what people are really feeling about Siakam after the two games over the weekend where he goes, uh, what was he? Seven of 17 on Friday for 17 points, eight of 19 last night, you know, not crazy efficiency, but I think like it's all very much tied to the fact that there's no one available for him to pass out to. And you saw last night, the Celtics were like eagerly sending three bodies his way like I likened it to the sort of phenomenon of when you're at a club in Hull, Quebec, when you're 18, uh, and you're just like three people grinding up on everybody. That's kind of what it felt like for Pascal Siakam. It looked like he was in the middle of club addiction uh, during that game last night. <laughs> and credit to him, he did a good job passing out of those situations and setting guys up. He had five assists in the game against Boston. I thought he probably should have had like nine or ten considering the reads he was making it's just he was passing to isaac bonga a lot and it's just there's not enough space out there yutuwata nabe's not quite back up to form offensively just yet though he looks awesome on defense and i am curious you know what, what was his minute limit last night because he only played 13 minutes i thought he should have closed this game just because they were so starved for space and precious achua was occupying so much of it down the middle not really rolling with any sort of purpose just kind of like all right i'm in the middle here and nobody is spacing around me but Back to the point about Siakam, like I, I thought he played a pretty reasonable game here, and I'm I'm pretty excited about what things will look like if and ever, they ever reach full health. We've been saying this all season long. It's been this like mythical if that's never really come to pass. Maybe it never will, but I believe in the structure of the team when they have all their guys. It's just when they don't have their guys, it reminds me so much of the Tampa season. I want to cry and curl up in the fetal position in the shower and just let it rain on me. Um, <laughs> let me ask you this, Vivek. Like, are you 
like I made the point last night that I think the like the main nine man rotation in theory. Once everybody gets back, you get the starting. You know, you get Fred, Scotty, uh, Siakam, OG, Birch, Trent is like your top six. You throw in Utah, you throw in Sfi, you throw in Flynn and Precious. Like that group to me feels like a group that has enough in terms of complementary skill, in terms of overall talent to win some games here, play at like a 43-45 win pace, but they have not gotten there yet because they've not been healthy. Do you share the similar optimism that this fully healthy roster has a chance to be pretty good, or are you thinking there might be some more fundamental issues at play here? I, I do think the ceiling of this team is a 43-45 to 45 win pace team. Uh, mm-hmm. I have become less confident in them being able to actualize that ceiling because I am, you know, increasingly concerned about the defense. Right. Uh, and, you know, even at practice, you could sense some of the disappointment mm-hmm. with where the team is at defensively. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, when they talk about uh, communication breakdowns, I think that's well, one thing that troubles me because <laughs> when they're giving an example, and, and they're saying it's literally the most basic example you can think of where mm-hmm. a big is coming to set a screen. You need to be calling that out for the guard. Yeah. If that is where the level of communication is right now, they have a long way to go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously Nick was asked about who his best communicators have been historically. And straight away, he jumped to Kyle and Mark and Serge. And yeah. <laughs> You know, guys that obviously are not here anymore. Uh, As a tear streams down my face. Uh. <laughs> uh, and obviously he put Fred in that mix as well. So, uh, and and that I think brings us to the other side of, of the issue is just mm-hmm. how dependent they are on Fred right now, where you need him out there for the spacing. Uh, you need him out there for the defensive communication. And until that... Uh, load can be shared and spread around uh it's going to continue to be a problem i think yeah that's a good point and i guess it's sort of amplified although not really because it's not like Dragic's existence on the roster really was changing things much during his time but he's away from the team now we're going to talk about that coming up how that affects things for the raptors rotation here we're going to talk about the defense because i do want to dig a little bit more into it because i did think there were some signs of progress against the Celtics last night, if not for a, an endless parade of fouls, which, you know, some of them were warranted, some maybe not. I, I usually don't like to call it officiating, but oh my God, last night was a nightmare. Uh, we will get to that. I also want to talk about Scotty Barnes bombing threes. That's all coming up in the next segment here. We're going to get to that, but first want to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks, which is daily fantasy made easy. I love this. I know you're going to love it too. It is uh, the new best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players due to the game candidates, if you will. Uh, recording just a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from points, rebounds, steals, blocks, anything in between, and you get a 100% instant deposit match when you put in 100, 100 bucks into your account, or up to 100 bucks in your account. Just be sure to use the promo code NBA to get that 100% instant match up to 100 bucks. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries as well, so you can pick the over on LeBron James and the under on Patrick Mahomes in the same entry if you like, and you can use their award-winning app on both the App Store and on Google Play. 
Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast cash withdrawals as well. So don't hesitate. Head to prizepix.com. Use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Speaking of things made easy, DirecTV Stream is also one of our sponsors on today's show as well. And look, I have this problem every Sunday night. I want to watch the Raptors. I want to watch Great Canadian Baking Show with our friends Alan and Ann, who have been on the show before. And I want to watch Succession. All three things are on different apps. If I had DirecTV Stream, I could watch them all together without having to worry about juggling remotes. Oh no, where's my Apple TV remote? I lost it in the couch while I was sitting around for eight hours today. It's just lost to the depths. Nope, no problem anymore because DirecTV Stream is here to get your TV together. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there is no annual cost contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion make your sunday night watching pleasing and not confusing and full of remotes and get your tv together with direct tv stream learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package and a reminder this is only available to our wonderful listeners in the united states of america All right, Big V, let's continue on here, shall we, with your first listen of the day. Thank you for making us your first listen, as always. Uh, Okay, let's begin with the defense, because that was the thread we were on before. Uh, I did think there was some progress in that Celtics game last night. The rotations were a lot crisper. I thought, in particular, Scotty Barnes looked the least lost. He's looked in a very long time, which is good to see. Um, You know, I guess let's kind of reframe this question around what I had in the first segment about the health situation is the defense something you think is salvageable with Ananobi, Trent, Birch making their way back into the lineup? We know Birch has been really steady as like a backline rim protector type guy, although Precious Achua has actually been like a way better overall rim protector so far this season. He's been a kind of a pleasant surprise on that end. Um, you know, is the communication, you think, just like a, a few games of playing together away? Are there bigger issues at play, you know, that maybe you've kind of inferred from things that Nick Nurse has said? Like, I I think we saw exactly what the point of their defense is last night, and it worked to pretty good effect against, you know, a Celtics team that they usually have a pretty good time with, especially with Jason Tatum, who went like 2 of 14 in this game. Um, You know, no one's uh, getting mad about that, but whatever. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 50.1 true shooting on the season for Jason Tatum, I'll just say that. Um, Anyway, the... The defense, like, is there hope here once they get their guys back based on the skill sets, or is it a deeper issue for you once again? Uh, there's hope for the defense in terms of, I think, getting back to around a league average level. Sure. I struggle to see the path to a top 10 defense. Right. Uh, I just think they're too young, uh, too inexperienced. Uh, the, the, problems they have that cause the breakdowns whether it's communication whether it's you know the attentiveness that's uh, lack of attentiveness that's leading to back cuts things like that uh i and you know the one thing that has carried over from last season is you do see the 20 seconds of really good defense and then for in in those final four seconds it it, it all just kind of falls apart uh and so i think to me you know most people were probably right to think that this could be a top 10 defensive team. Uh, I was in like that minority uh, mm-hmm. and expected to kind of expected to be wrong. Um, so it kind of sucks <laughs> that I'm being proven right. But uh, yeah, I think there's maybe hope in terms of getting to league average. Uh, 
and and the biggest reason for that, I would say, is just uh, again the communication the issues, uh, and then I'd also throw in just the margin for error. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, the the trickle down effect of uh, going from Fred to whoever's backing him up, going from uh, you know Pascal to whoever he's uh, whoever is backing him up, going from mm-hmm. Chem to whoever is backing him up, is is just too much. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, the the big problem here, too, is that the defensive rebounding has totally evaporated. And, like, again, you mentioned, like, the 20 good seconds of defense. A lot of the time, that shot comes up within the first 20 seconds of the clock, and then they can't get the rebound on a scramble, and they are giving up second-chance points. You know, the reason – you think back to, like, the championship team, for example, even the 2019-20 season, those were not good defensive rebounding teams by any means. They were bottom 10 in the league. But the reason you could get away with it is because teams were missing every shot they took against that defense when it was humming. And it was like, oh, we can give up the odd second chance bucket here and there because they're not getting anything else really, you know, within the regular flow of the game. That's not the case here because there are the breakdowns, because there are the blow buys of Barnes and Siakam on the perimeter as they look to gain their footing there, because it's just, you know, the, the rotations have been out of control. Like, it's just, you're not going to make your your bones if you're giving up that many defensive rebounds and, and it's just it's been really really rough lately they're down to 11th in the league in total rebounding percentage that's with by far the number one offensive rebounding percentage which tells you just how bad their defensive rebounding has been that they're only ahead of the kings and the wolves right now and they've been slipping over the last few weeks here pretty consistently so that's going to be a point to watch and, and that to me is maybe where my skepticism creeps in. I think they can get the rotation side of things down. I think they can figure out like how to play with one another and you know go to their strengths. But I don't know if they're going to have the juice to really you know hone on the defensive glass the way that you would hopefully like. Even though I do think a lot of their guys are kind of plus rebounders for their size. Scotty's a good rebounder. Um, you know, Kem's a pretty solid rebounder. All that. I just don't know if they have like that sort of vacuum out there and the sort of smart guys who like strategically box out and stuff like that, like a Stephen Adams would. You're not getting that with Precious Achua. You're getting uh, missed box outs and stuff like that. So that's a big concern. Uh, we should all probably hit on a couple other items here, Vivek, just because it was such a loaded weekend. We'll just kind of rattle through some rapid fire here. Uh, Goran Dragic, not with the team, uh, dealing with a personal matter. I think it's kind of easy to read the tea leaves on this one, honestly. You know, it just seems like they're just carrying on the way things had been. He's just not going to be with the team. What is your read on this situation, Big V? Are are you sort of, what's your stance on how they've handled the Dragic thing? Do you think, you know, uh, what's your sort of overall read right now is Dragic is now away from the team as per a statement from the team yesterday? I think Dragic has been a true pro. Yeah. You know, I think that's probably the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, and this seemed like more of an inevitability than, you know, are they going to figure out a way to get him into the rotation? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, might as well get some quality family time over the holidays. And then, <laughs> and then I guess they can start looking into well, what type of deals uh, uh, can possibly be had. If, they, if there's a package involved, uh, you know, uh, to get him away. I'm sure they'd like to recoup some type of asset mm-hmm. and then, you know, cross the buyout bridge if they have to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess the reason all along I was kind of hoping they would play him was for this very purpose, right? Is to try to 
oh, look how good Goran Dragic is. Can we interest you in perhaps returning us a low first-round pick or something like that? Like, I, I thought there was tangible value in playing him, not just for the trade side of things, but also because, like, they could use a vet. They could use a guy who can handle the ball and run an offense capably and all that. And I don't really agree with the decision to not play him at all. Like, I know Raptors fans don't like Dragic and that he's sort of persona non grata for a lot of people, but... I think he tangibly could have helped things and actually improved his trade value by playing. And, and I think it's maybe a bit of a misstep from the team as to how they've worked worked or not worked him into the team this season. That said, you know, I, I still think, you know, maybe this time away, maybe he comes back, maybe an injury happens or something like that. There's still an opportunity to play him up before the deadline happens. There's still a lot of time between now and then. But I think I would classify the the use of Dragic as a misstep so far this year. And, and, I, and I'm hoping he's good. I hope he's doing all right. I hope he's going to enjoy the family time and all that. Again, total pro so far has not made a stink whatsoever. Nice of the Raptors, I guess, are doing right by him here to just like kind of let him go do his thing away from the team. But I uh, would have preferred for sure if they had just uh, played him. And maybe we're talking about potential trade packages that make some sense right now, as opposed to that kind of being a whole sort of ethereal thing we can't even really tackle at the moment. Um, last thing I want to hit here before we get to the dude of the game for the last two games here, Vivek, is uh, Fred Van Vliet. Sorry, not Fred Van Vliet. He's I just spoiled it. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Scotty Barnes. Uh, gotta ask you about Scotty Barnes because the man is putting up threes. It's beautiful. He didn't shoot any threes on Friday. He made up for it in a big way, taking nine threes, hitting four of them against the Celtics on Sunday, continuing a his streak of always having like a six minute section of a second or third quarter where he absolutely takes over and is like the driving force of the Raptors, and also continues the streak of really washing all of my other worries about this team away because how can you be upset when Scotty Barnes is treating you this well? Uh, thoughts on Scotty Barnes, three-point marksman. Are you happy to see him firing them up? Is nine too many? Is it not enough? Where are you at with Scotty Barnes right now as a three-point shooter? He's up to 32% on the season, baby. I think nine of 28 overall. Yeah, no, I'm happy to see him shoot it. Uh, obviously, without Gary and OG, the volume's got to be up too. So... Mm -hmm uh the nine is what it is like if you're open just put it up there um yeah. so yeah i'm perfectly fine with that i'm not gonna get too carried away with the one game because <laughs> for me you know show me five six attempts every game for five games you know sure uh, sure and and then i'll get excited yeah. but the one thing i think you know he'll sort of have to work out of his mind is you know, to be that spacing threat, I'm sure because he's such a good cutter, uh, because mm -hmm. he's so good at attacking the offensive glass, at times he's going to have to really, you know, hold himself uh, at the three-point line and say, no, I'm supposed to be spacing here and ready yeah. to shoot if it comes. And so uh, I think that is something that's going to be a bit of a mental process because that's just been such a natural part of his game. Uh, and so to sort of tell himself over and over that, yeah, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be and I'm ready to fire as soon as the pass comes. Yeah, and I think, you know, the three-point shooting coming along here and just his eagerness to put it up is going to be really important. It will actually help him, I think, find his looks and get his buckets when OG is back, right? Because I think we saw a little bit there in like the four games OG and Pascal played together. 
got a little bit more difficult for Scotty to find his looks. He's been like a second or third option for a large part of this season. He gets kind of pushed down to almost fifth duty behind Gary Trenton at starting five when everyone's there. And I think just having him able to space and willingly put the, put up those threes, even if the defense is not going to care, honestly, that might be helpful because he can just have wide open looks and practice them that way like he's in the warm up before the game. You know, I, I think that could be a useful way for him to be part of the offense without being like the central figure once OG is back. And it just kind of further amplifies the point that uh, Scotty and Pascal very much fit together and the notion that they couldn't was stupid all along. Uh, watching those two guys who can both handle and pass play off of one another is a delight. I think Samson Folk uh, was keeping a tally last night, like five different buckets they connected on with one another. One of Scotty's threes was on a beautiful kickout from uh, Siakam on the strong side, gets it over to the weak wing. Scotty knocks it down. Uh, like a few, like sort of little, you know, symbiotic, like, all right, here, you're going to cut here and I'm going to find you here. It just the chemistry is coming along with those two guys really nicely. And the three point shooting from Barnes makes it all the more dangerous and promising and exciting. So uh, that's my final note on Scotty Barnes. Keep Can I quickly up, drop something? Yeah, go nuts. Um, yeah. So just with the whole Pascal Scotty fit thing. Uh, yeah. You know, and and some people have said, oh, it's counter to Scotty's development. No, playing with good players is good mm-hmm. for his development because yep. <laughs> um, guess what? When you look at other stars, superstars, what do you say? Especially when it comes to, you know, them being traded to another team or whatever. It's like they're superstars. They'll figure it out. And so yep. part of, you know, Scotty and Pascal and OG and Fred's process here is figuring it out. And that's important for his growth. And, and so if he's looking at, you know, the floor right now and saying, yeah, I got to be able to space uh, for Pascal to be able to uh, have a clearer driving lane or for Fred to have a clearer driving lane, those things are going to accelerate his development as well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think the stuff about, you know, it being counter to Scotty's development and all that, uh, you know, I think the most important thing for Scotty's development is with all those guys involved is can you continue to be assertive uh, mm-hmm. and say, yeah, well, the team needs me right now. Yep. Yep. And he's been doing that very, very well. Uh, I guess the counter to this, like the, the real life example of what you don't want. I don't think anyone's trying to see Scotty Barnes in the Jalen Green role right now. Uh, Jalen Green is not doing any meaningful development on that garbage ass Rockets team. And uh, it's because he has no good players to play with and learn how to play with. So very good point by you. Big V. That will send us into the due to the game segment coming up in just a sec. We're going to hand out two due to the game awards. They're going to the same guy, all right? I already kind of spoiled it. We'll get to that in one second here. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar, our best friends over at Built Bar. And guess what? It is the best Monday of the year, Cyber Monday, and Built.com is the place to aim your mouse. Get at least 20% off everything delicious and healthy. That's 20% off site-wide and even bigger discount on Built Boost, Broth, and Built Swag. A brand new Built Bar flavor has just landed as well for Cyber Monday, Caramel Almond Delight. It is in my fridge right now. It's delicious. I've already had one. I got two left, and it delivers everything it promises. Caramelized chocolate, check. Almonds, check. Delightful. Double check and be sure to get yours before they're gone 150 calories and 17 grams of protein for that caramel almond delight it is very indulgent but not 
like any other candy bar you've ever had because it's not a candy bar. It's a protein bar. It's a built bar and it's delicious. And this season, maybe you're craving some white chocolate for a limited time. You can get a new special edition built bar puffs flavor, white chocolate cheesecake. This yummy protein filled treat with marshmallowy center is covered in white chocolate as well. 140 calories, 17 grams of protein. Tis the season to save and give your taste buds the gift of built bar. Get to built.com for these incredible tasty new bars and 20% off everything at the site. Head to built.com. Use the code locked 20 only today before it's too late. And guess what? Uh, Built Bet Online is also a sponsor for today's show as well. It is that time of year. It's the holiday season, meaning football is front and center, and nothing goes better with football than a little holiday lunching and snacking and, and grazing and meat boards along with some betting. Bet Online has you covered for all the holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this holiday season. Get to your new updated desktop desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first uh, deposit with the promo code locked on you get that bonus put in 100 bucks you get 50 extra bucks put into your account just by using that code locked on and it's not just football bet online is pro and college hoops nhl boxing ufc even your favorite vegas casino games don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season perhaps you want to put some money on the toronto blue jays to win the world series after they signed kevin gosman last night you can go and do that so i highly recommend you do because the blue jays are going to be really good next year even if they did lose marcus Semyon, it's fine bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online we are stuffed with deals this holiday season all right, Vivek, let's round this thing out with a quick due to the game, shall we? And look, pretty slim pickings over the weekend, as we've talked about. They're down three important rotation players, two, I guess, on Friday, with Trent still playing in that game, though he did leave early. Uh, and the guys who are filling in those roles, not exactly lighting the world on fire, man. It's been kind of rough. I think, for example, last night, it was really three guys who drove the bus, Siakam, Van Bleet, and Barnes, everyone else pretty rough in their own right and uh, very much the same in that Pacers game on Friday the starters continue to be good everyone else not so much so with the due to the game now on the line we can't go with a Delano Benton or a Precious Achua or someone with a deep sort of rotation role because they didn't do enough to earn that over the weekend so we are giving it both times to one Fred Van Vliet getting two due to the games this is the right call, right? Fred Van Vliet is awesome. He's been so freaking good and continues to exhibit exemplary dude behavior. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I think he's been the heart and soul of the team. And I think he's leading every which way he can. And right now he just needs more help. And you know, I will give a quick shout out uh, for the Boston game, at least, to Malachi. And, uh, mm, yeah. And uh, I thought Justin Champagne came in and gave some good minutes as well. So, mm. uh, but, you know, like you said, not, not enough. And he needs more help. And, you know, if Utah can start knocking down some threes uh, for however long uh, that OG continues to be out, I mean, he's going to need to knock down threes regardless. Uh, but right now, you need those other sources and Svi is another one you know if he's going to continue to start uh we got to see what the status is on gary uh those guys need to make threes they and they need to help the offense in the right way uh, he can't have the usage that Svi does and be as unproductive mm-hmm. yeah um i i think 
Svi is like constantly kind of on the fringe of the dude of the game. If he would just hit like two extra threes, he would have so many dude of the game noms here. He's only won it uh, one time so far, so it'd be nice for him to get it back on the road. Uh, by the way, Fred Van Vliet with his two dude of the game wins from the weekend is now the leaderboard, uh, the, the top of the leaderboard with three dude of the game so far. I think it's fitting. He has not only been the team's best player this season in terms of production and driving the bus and driving winning, uh, but also he does all the dude stuff that you really want out of your dude of the game. So I think it's pretty warranted. I think the thing, too, that's really impressive about Fred, it's not like he's made one single huge improvement in one specific area. He just feels like he's better at everything by like 10%. And he's just kind of brought the level of his overall game up. He, again, drives winning in a way that he hasn't necessarily in the past. And it's really hard to, like, not do the Kyle Lowry comp thing with the way he's been playing because he just he is everything for this team right now. When he's on the floor, you feel good about their chances. When he's not, you feel like you're just kind of barely hanging on by your fingernails, as we see pretty regularly in the start of the fourth quarter and stuff like that. And, you know, it would be really nice to see Fred Van Vliet's uh, very, very hard efforts rewarded with some teammates that are uh, not letting him down when he's off the floor so um yeah more malachi flynn i I think you know hopefully working him into like a 12 to 14 minute a game role where he's able to spell van vliet for a real amount of time so fred can stay fresh for the times that matter would be lovely but in the meantime he continues to do dude stuff over 40 minutes every single night he does it exceptionally well shout out to fred van vliet he's been an absolute delight this season one of the highlights so far uh all right vivek that is going to do it for today's episode uh big thank you as always for being here love chatting with you on our monday episodes big v mondays everybody's talking about it much like they're talking about (laughs) the uh the dude of the game uh (laughs) where can people check out your work anything you want to plug right now uh just the usual stuff raptors.com cbc uh and complex canada and of course you can follow me on twitter at vivek m jacob outstanding uh coming up this week on the show we are going to talk about a couple games of course they play memphis on tuesday the bucks on thursday i'll be back at the building tomorrow for the first time in a very very long time very excited about that uh so we'll dig into those games and i'm probably going to try to get someone on perhaps our pal brad from too much hoops to talk about the defense and where things have gone wrong where things can get better all of that good stuff. Uh, it should be a loaded week. That's all coming up this week. You can also find me uh, on Twitter at Woodley Sean. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. It's always appreciated. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Go make your second listen of the day. Locked on Fantasy Basketball's Josh Lloyd continues to kill it over there with all of his wonderful fantasy basketball expertise. And until tomorrow, uh, have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.